Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Thousand Steps Podcast. We are your host, Adrian Torres And Ely Taylor. And today we are joined by our special guest and great friend, Alex Kerrigan. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. I'm excited for this one. So, you know, the other night I was having this crazy dream where I was locked in a room um, with no way to leave. And anytime that I thought that I had gotten out, I would always end up back in that same room, no matter what I did. You know, and it was to the point where even when I woke up, I wasn't sure if I was still in that room. It was this like feeling of being trapped and not being able to escape. And I think it's so interesting because I feel like that's like a manifestation of kind of the way I've been feeling the last couple, you know, months with you know being isolated, you know, and being, you know, feeling trapped in coronavirus. I don't know. Have you like have you experienced something like that? Yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of times, you know, dreams take on a deeper kind of symbolic meaning. And a lot of times, you know, dreams are also just really pretty entirely nonsensical, you know, out of order. Nothing really happens or the plot just meanders so much. And there's so many new characters, you know, it's just bad writing. Just exactly doesn't make any sense. And we really don't know too, too much about their dreams or what they actually do for human psychology and physiology yeah i mean they're pretty chaotic a lot of the times but you know there's sometimes where you can find like deeper meaning as they relate to unconscious and like the the unconscious mind yeah i feel like the unconscious is just defined by discord and disorder and the conscious mind is more of that like logical frontal cortex like higher processing like you know your math and your definitions and things yeah i definitely feel like the subconscious kind of taps into like a lot of the underlying processes going on right and the conscious mind is the symptoms of those things are what we are kind of made aware of on the surface yeah i mean like you know again we we know next to nothing like empirically about it but there's a lot of you know assumptions that we can make that are you know pretty interesting to think about especially when we relate you know the unconscious to dreams who was it was young that said that you know like if you think of the mind as like an iceberg the tip of the iceberg is the conscious mind but the unconscious is actually so much bigger and so much more powerful and we never really even approach understanding it while we are conscious but like we get to brush it brush the unconscious and meet it in our dreams and that's why you can have so much manifestation of symbols and symbolism in dreams you know that relate to your thought process and i think that's a really interesting thing to to talk about And I think what's interesting is that you can change how ordered your dreams are. People rate them on like scales of vividity. People say that REM dreams tend to be a lot more vivid and coherent and structured. Or um, that when you're lucid, you're making more sense of the world. So you're processing it higher. Have you guys ever had a lucid dream? They're like really hard to get. You know, there's whole books on how to get lucid dreams. And you know... For me personally, like I've had like a couple, but they're always on accident and, you know, they always end a little bit too soon, you know? Right. right. Yeah. One time, actually, I kind of had a, I feel like nearly fully lucid dream in which, you know, I kind of was able to notice a clock nearby me in the dream. And I looked away and when I looked back at the clock, it actually registered an entirely different time than when I first saw it. And I also, you know, had kind of been thinking about dreams a lot yeah, more recently at can, the time. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, once I kind of realized that I was able to like push my hands through each other and then kind of I just decided I didn't like where I was. So I just went someplace (laughs) else in the dream, you know, 
And that was kind of, it was such a surreal experience because like I, at some point, like I kind of explicitly thought, or, you know, at least remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm dreaming right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's interesting because I wonder, well, obviously sleep has a function. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be a universal thing for like all mammals. And I wonder like what the function of dreams are, you know, like what, why, why are we able to lucid dream or why are we not usually able to lucid dream? Like we don't understand this stuff, but you know, it's speculation, like what, what could it be all be for? Well, we were definitely talking about how dreams are a sort of way of ordering logic or your perceptions of it. You know, you're putting pieces together that are vaguely associated and often don't make a lot of sense. But the more you do it, the more you introduce the conscious into the unconscious and the more more structured and coherent that logic that it introduces tends to be so exactly i've definitely noticed personally that the more i pay attention to my dreams i don't know about y'all but i just like get much more interesting vivid dreams and maybe that's my memory but i also feel like right they make more sense it's not so much completely random things that are super vaguely associated it's just like things with pretty like clear symbolism or implications of meaning. Yeah, and I definitely think that there are certain ways in which those implications can kind of be made more visible. And I think that's a really, really interesting line to draw is that some sense, like, is the conscious treading into the field of dreams? Like, is there really some kind of waking world kind of things that we can do and certain of inputs to kind of generate this greater output in dreams, you know, or at least kind of a greater conscious order or structure that we see in lucid and really otherwise super visible dreams. So you're talking about improving dream quality or? Well, not necessarily even improving dream quality, but kind of just like being more consciously aware of what's going on in dreams and whether that's, you know, in remembering the dream or in kind of the contents of the dream itself. I think it essentially all comes down to mindfulness. It's like being aware to kind of frame it in more accessible language, like to be more conscious of your dreams and understand those implications. You have to just think, I'm going to remember my dreams tonight, or like, I'm going to wake up in a lucid dream tonight. And it's interesting because so much of it just comes from intending to believing that you're able to. So I don't know. I think the more focus you put on it, such a vague thing to say, but there's definitely more structure that you add. No, I mean, there's so much stuff that's been written about it because dreams are like, you know, you, you go, you can go into like, you know, religion and spirituality in dreams, you know, like Jung's written books about how religious symbolism is something that all things share because as a psychologist, people would have dreams that are very, you know, strangely similar to religious pieces and a lot of like religious artwork has been inspired by dreams, right? You know, there's these right. like universal symbols, you know, which is a really interesting thing to talk about from like a scientific biological perspective as maybe these are things that are required in order to process the world functionally. It's, it's, it's something maybe even that supersedes the importance of, you know, other conscious things that we use to order the world, right? It's something that is entirely out of your control, but also incredibly important. Just want to say, evolution was discovered in a fever. These things have a way of processing things that you can't do just by simple thinking. It's a creativity and association of 
disparate parts of your unconscious that is so unique to that sort of more loose, less active style of thought. Right. I think that like kind of the idea here is that dreams can kind of be the impetus for really much larger things that, you know, not all the time. And I certainly even wouldn't say myself that I've had like life changing dreams or anything, but given how little we know about them and given the limited things that we do know about them, you know, we know that at some level they are processing information and, you know, with that either filtering and organizing things and probably because of that, you know, associating things together. And we don't really know how it's doing that. We don't really know what it's doing, but it potentially has the capacity to make really powerful kind of associations within the mind. Yeah. Something that like I've been thinking about a lot is that, you know, you think about creativity, right? You see creativity a lot in humans and you can even see it in like higher order, like primates and mammals that can creatively overcome problems. And you think about dreams, which essentially are just cobbling together different aspects of your memory and of your experience into new experiences that are novel, right? Which is pretty much what the definition of creativity is. It is, you know, reassembling things into something novel creatively. And you think about the maybe dreams are the thing that allows for creativity. Right. Maybe they're the thing that, you know, your mind just spends eight hours a night taking information from your waking life and reassembling it and understanding it in a different context. And that allows you waking consciously to, you know, dive in and like utilize that ability to rewire things and express it creatively. Right. I think that certainly at some level, you know, dreams do have the power to kind of inspire like we've said and ideas but i think there's also kind of with a lot of that like you've said you kind of have to be able to take stuff in while you're awake in order to kind of have these dreams function in some sense in a really inspiring sort of way you know like you kind of have to actively be working towards that yeah i mean it it requires effort but i think that you gain from dreams even if you don't actually actively look for it you know you kind of can't avoid benefiting from dreams because i imagine like early like mammals early primates you know having nightmares about animals they're like predators right and then in their waking life you know they're probably a little bit more scared because they just had that nightmare you know oh i'm being attacked like next time they see that animal they're running away right That, that there's like a reason for that maybe you know that there's you don't need to like analyze it even you can just like it's such an emotional response such an intuitive response that you can't you know help but display outwardly when you're conscious exactly yeah and we definitely kind of see you know for the most part i don't know about you guys but even when my dreams do kind of have implications you know it's relatively kind of some kind of surface level one like i feel like in some level dreams really kind of act on some of our more primal kind of emotions in some sense you know like definitely it relates to real world problems and real world experiences too but in those situations you know the dream is always really dramatized in a sense to kind of particularly nag at one kind of really raw emotion yeah i mean it's something it's something very deep people see god in their dreams right they see these they see these ideas and they see concepts that are foreign to them that are very deeply deeply meaningful 
I think dreams kind of remind people that symbolism is everywhere. They introduce this sort of balance, which is like Adrian was mentioning, Jungian psychology, where uh, the unconscious balances the unco- uh, the conscious mind. You know, when something is out of whack, you're acting neurotic and whatever of the myriad senses of the word that is. Your the unconscious will well up and do something to compensate for it. And this is where things like defense mechanisms come into play. Oh yeah. And I think in a sense, the dreams sort of are upwellings of the unconscious that remove us, right. like Ely said, like um, to a more primal state of mind. So disconnected from like yeah. this hyper logical society we're in. Yeah, that's actually, you make such a good point. You make such a good point because I've noticed that a lot of my dreams incorporate fight or, flight, fight or flight. You know, it's one of those things that's so deeply ingrained into psychology of all animals, you know, and I like, yeah, I noticed that I tend to, as I tend to take flight, you know, I'm not, I, when I am in a dream and I'm approached by danger, my instinct is to, you know, I'll literally fly. Like I will, like I will fly away from something scary chasing me in yep. a dream, yep, you know, sure. and I bet it's different for other people. I bet some people never have that dream. I bet they have d- dreams where, you know, they'll fight something in a dream that's threatening them based on their different instinctive unconscious reactions to that in a real world situation. Yeah. So I definitely feel like there are kind of different ways that people deal with, you know, encountering the problem within the dream and certainly in some sense. Yeah. It's definitely super, super based in this fight or flight reaction. You kind of also, like you're talking about with the evolutionary impact of all of that, it definitely is like such a deeply rooted phenomenon that it kind of questions that what is the subconscious dealing with? And I feel like a lot of people in their dreams deal with these inflicting inner pieces of themselves, you know, maybe their desire to you know, want to be free with also, you know, their obligations at work and home and family. Right. Which I think is why to me, lucid dreaming is such an interesting idea. Because, you know, for so long, I, I kind of just thought, of, okay, dreams have their importance in learning and understanding yourself. When you're lucid dreaming, that's just you're just having a blast in a dream. Like there's like, there doesn't need to be any meaning in that. Or maybe there is, but you're not like, that's not what it's for. Like you, you're, it's no longer your unconscious projecting onto you. It's your conscious being okay, I want to fly. I want to shoot lasers. I want to, you know, do whatever I want in this dream. I think it really doesn't have to be that way. And it's interesting you say that because when I have lucid dreams, I often go the other direction and lose lucidity. I'll become less conscious because I, I'm trying to see the world and like understand where I am. So like, I don't know, I'll try to fly, of course, but I don't think I should like do fun, crazy stuff. I just am like, where am I? Who is this? Like, I know this isn't real, but let's see what's gonna, what's gonna come up out of nowhere. The unconscious is like that chaotic balance to logic and order and, you know, desire. Well, can you control things? And when you like, there's like a distinction between I'm aware I'm in a dream, and I am both aware and in control of the dream. Right, because like, also, in some sense, you know, in lucidity what you're doing is kind of acting on the dream world and it's a it's a really interesting line to draw you know because you can say in some sense you know you might be at some level more conscious you know or more aware at least of what is kind of happening but it is also a realm that is definitely 
very much powered by the subconscious and also these kind of deeper emotional tendencies that you know are kind of evolutionarily encoded into us and it's really weird because i feel like that also kind of incorporates you know different mechanisms of humans you know kind of where is the line between the conscious and the unconscious yeah i think this is extremely speculative but i feel like humans are uniquely lucid dreamers i don't think other animals can i think that what makes a lucid dream is literally just forcing your conscious will onto the the world which is something that humans love doing think about like all of the industrial revolution you know bending nature to our will bending the dream to our wills like uh, you can try to you know like i'll be in like there's times when i'm in a nightmare and then i get gain lucidity and i'm like you're not going to give me a nightmare i'm just going to like fire bend all of the monsters away you know like screw this dream you know that's and like it's i think that that's just something so funny and so fascinating you're just like okay well i'm bending this dream to my will exactly and i kind of it also is such a weird phenomenon because that also goes in contrast with what we were saying about you know maybe even the function of dreams themselves like it's really interesting to wonder like why does this happen you know yeah why are we like, able why to? are we able to do that given the limited function of dreams that we are aware of and it kind of makes me wonder if you know even in those situations based off what you're saying earlier with your regular dreams you know where you tend to like flight you're saying a lot of your like lucid dreams you tend to fight you know and there is that kind of possibly even like deeper level of like dream examination there you know oh, yeah like i'm kind of overcoming this kind of instinct. subconscious yeah. fear instinct well yeah i think it's like you know if my unconscious urge is to like take flight when i'm powerless if i'm in a dream where i can do whatever i want why would i choose to be powerless exactly. you know what i mean i think that kind of also in some sense still does stem out of the subconscious you know because within lucidity you know you're still despite having control over the dream it is still a dream in some sense. yeah there's obviously a limit to what you can do in a dream it's based on your abilities to you know do that and I, i'm sure that there's you know there's probably like monks who can like lucid dream and like do inception style stuff you know like just entirely changing the world like i tend to like have a pretty realistic world setting like i never like am on a random alien planet i, I it's it tends to be places i've been or you know generic cityscapes landscapes type things Alex, you say that you have a very different kind of style of lucid dreaming, you know, and I think that's really interesting kind of just being I'm aware in a dream, but I'm also just going to kind of let this dream wash over me and kind of take me where it wants to, which is an interesting approach. I wonder if it could be a way to become more comfortable with uncertainty, to just like kind of let go and not think about where you're going, but just what is going on in this insane place I don't have any way of fully understanding. Right. And I think that's really interesting too, you know, given what we just talked about with Adrian's lucidity, you know, where in some sense he is trying to kind of overcome an obstacle. I feel like, and this definitely speaks to both your mindsets too, you know, I feel like you're kind of trying to better understand, you know, what is maybe happening in that situation, you know, and just yeah. kind of explore for exploration's sake. and to gain more knowledge. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of like, to me, I, I see it as, you can learn a math problem one way. You have one experience with it, but in order to fully incorporate it, you have to kind of have it in a bunch of different contexts. That's why it's like taught in that way, where, you know, you, get, you have to approach it from multiple angles. And I think that you have to approach your experience from multiple angles as well, which is why dreams kind of 
jumble them about, making you see them in a different light. It's back to balance. It's almost two different forces. It's like that chaotic novelty that brings creativity, just the ununderstandable versus the logical, you know, order and consciousness. That's what defines it, really, the ability to understand. But people forget a lot that you need both. Like, novelty is important. Creativity is what drives consciousness. You know, I mean, it has a, a big relation to consciousness. I think that, you know, moving forward, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can benefit from dreams. I think that not ex- exploiting the opportunity that we have as conscious creatures to really think about, learn from, and even enjoy dreams, you know, with practicing lucid dreaming, g- dream journaling, you know, uh, melatonin, these all help, right? And they all, they, they all give benefits. I think that, you know, moving forward, like I definitely, you know, want to dream journal. I think that that's like a really cool thing. And it, yeah, people say that it helps with understanding dreams. And I think that the more you understand with dreams, the better. Like it's just the more, the better. Exactly. I feel like finishing up thinking about how the waking world experience is so very much kind of integrated into the dream world and also vice versa, you know, kind of how what we do in dreams really kind of can inspire our actions and lives or help us overcome, you know, obstacles or even just to examine ourselves and reflect on our problems. You know, dreams have a really deep myriad of kind of psychological functions, you know, despite us not really knowing anything about them. Yeah, which is why you should sleep more. Everybody out there, I know you're not sleeping as much as you need to. I know I'm not. Either way, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of Thousand Steps Podcast. Thank you so much, Alex, for being with us. Yeah, it's been great. And make sure to check us out on our Instagram, our Twitter, our website at thousandstepscast.com and follow us. Thanks so much.